News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Right Side Radio, where we like to say we are solid conservative and just plain right. Every afternoon, Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m., covering the northern part of our state with good news commentary. Hey, and listen, by the way, if you ever find yourself driving outside of our AM or, or FM range, which means basically you're leaving southern Tennessee, north Alabama, uh, you can always get us online. Just go to rightsideradio.org. Right there on your phone. Click listen live. And next thing you know, you're back on the show. You can listen to us anywhere you are. Going to open the phone lines up for the last part of the show here. 866-494-9866. You want to talk about Afghanistan? I want to hear your perspective. You want to talk about President Biden and his leadership skills? I want to hear your perspective. You may disagree with me, and that's okay. And if you do, just be prepared for me to disagree back. But nonetheless, I will treat your disagreement with respect. So just understand, if you want to call in, 866-494-9866, you can do so. We want to talk to you about Afghanistan. But hey, listen... um, Listen, folks, Alabama, please remember, I, I, you know, I just, I just reminded of this, and I'd, I'd forgotten about it, but the very first, the very first American who died in the war in Afghanistan was from Alabama. I'm not sure if y'all remember that or not. Johnny Mike Spann, he was a CIA uh, uh, paramilitary officer who was there in the initial invasion, and uh, during the... Um, a Taliban prison uprising in Mazari Sharif, and I believe it was November, December time frame of 2001, he, um, he was killed uh, in the fight. Mike Spann, uh, Alabama, the very first death uh, in the war in Afghanistan. Um, so yeah, Alabama, it does hit home. And I do believe, by the way, that he was from North Alabama. In fact, I'm looking at the article real quick to see if I can remind myself of where he was from. Uh, he was buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, and I do not see in the article where he was from, but my recollection was it was North Alabama. Anyway, yeah, he first in the Marine Corps, then he joined the CIA in 1999 and then killed, yeah, in the prison riot at Azari Sharif. Well, listen, folks, uh, 866-494-9866. I saw one person coming on the phone and then we lost him again. So I'll leave those phone lines open. 866-494-9866. Some of y'all may remember that a few weeks ago, a few weeks, uh, about a month ago, uh, I had on um, my friend Hamid. Hamid had been my um, interpreter in Afghanistan. 17 years old when I met him. 17 years old and largely self-taught in English because the Taliban had outlawed the learning of English. And uh, if it was not a madrasa, if it was not uh, education that was deemed fitting uh, by um, the Taliban, then you didn't get to learn it. So Hamid, extremely intelligent, um, largely had to teach himself at night with books and, you know, trying to find means by which he could learn words, did it well enough to where he became one of our chief interpreters, lived with my team for the entire year that we were there, um, is now here in the United States as a U.S. citizen, came here with $10 in his pocket as a refugee, uh, gained his citizenship, earned his college degree, got a master's from Yale, uh, went back most recently and was the um, uh, was an advisor to President Ashraf Ghani uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, he had frustrations with the Ghani administration um, and decided it was also time since he was married and had a little baby boy uh, to come back to the United States. And so I'm so glad he did. And uh, Hamid and I talked yesterday. I'll give you an update on boots on the ground right now for what he's hearing from friends. He said that every Afghan he knows of living in the United States, that their home has become sort of like a, um, a war room 
where they're keeping track of everything, like an operations center. And they're Facebooking, and they're tweeting, and they're direct messaging, and they're calling, and they're, they're gathering information. And the things he was telling me, some of which I recognize will be um, more along the lines of rumors on the street, and others are literal uh, things that are happening. Well, Hamid's parents are still in Kabul. Very difficult for him right now. Because you can imagine as you watch the news and recognize that the Taliban are already going door to door looking for certain people. Hamid's family has, has served um, in a military capacity, served the uh, Ghani administration, uh, and has, um, in Hamid's case, served alongside uh, U.S. troops. And his mother and father and his sister are still in Kabul even as we speak. Um, very dangerous for them. He said they were told the other night, they said that, that they have people that, like in their neighborhoods that, that in Kabul that, that are kind of like the block leaders. They, they kind of are the ones who uh, represent that block of, of homes. That the block leader came by knocking on doors, telling people, lock your doors and stay in, inside tonight. Do not come out and prepare to defend yourself because we no longer have our own government and we do not have uh, the Americans. And so his mother and father... Um, are holding out, and, and, and I'm going to check with him later and see how they're doing. There was that, number one. Number two, he said that the, this is Hamid talking, he said that the perspective of Afghans on the street is that the Biden administration did this knowingly. Now, that's harsh. That is very harsh. I can't say that's true, but I can tell you that that's what the Afghan people feel, all right, which is, which is almost as bad as it being true. The fact that they believe that, the fact that the people that we have been over there with for 20 years believe that the Biden administration sold them out is, 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 is pretty awful. It basically means that we have lost all credibility within that nation. And that, that literally the, the people on the street believe that the Biden administration gained something from this. That the only reason why they would have done it was because they had made some type of an agreement uh, with the, uh, the Taliban. And so the, the Biden administration is, is now persona non grata on the streets of Afghanistan because the people are telling each other they did this to us on purpose. One of the things that Hamid pointed out was the negotiations in Qatar, the, the nation where they have been having the negotiations with the Taliban, uh, where our, our, our representative, Zalmay Khalizad, uh, was representing the United States trying to negotiate with the Taliban, that literally there's some aspect of that, it is being said, that there's some aspect of that negotiation that has always been um, held as a top secret or held as in a confidential manner such that the general public is not aware of that portion of the negotiations. And they believe that there's something within that that gave the Biden administration what they wanted. I could speculate if it were true. I don't know if it's true. I'm just telling you what the people on the streets of Afghanistan are saying about us right now, saying about our leadership. And they're literally saying this was done on purpose. To do what? Appease Iran? You know, if we, if maybe you're, if I tell you what, if I see Iran come back to the nuclear negotiation right after all this, I'm going to be very suspicious. But the people of Afghanistan are already more than suspicious. They're in fear and they believe they were sold out. The next thing he told me was this he said he has a friend. From his days working in the Ghani administration, he has a friend who literally was working in the Ghani administration's uh, uh, and had ties to the, the Defense Department. And his understanding is that all of these who surrendered, we had, we had six Army Corps, 
Six Afghan Army Corps, apparently in bases around Kunduz. We had Mazari Sharif, I believe. We had Kandahar. <clears throat> All said and done, he said his understanding is those Corps commanders received their instructions to surrender from Kabul. They were told not to fight. They were told, we don't have what it takes to support you. The Americans are pulling away from us. Go ahead and surrender now. And that's what leadership from Kabul was telling leadership in those Corps commanders, according to the guy who talked to Hamid. I'm giving you hearsay. I know that. I'm an attorney. I know what hearsay is. But what we're looking at here is the word on the street in Afghanistan. And I'm telling you firsthand that the word on the street is that we sold them out and that they felt like they didn't have the backing of the United States. And so leadership in Kabul advised leadership in the military to surrender when the time came. The next thing I'm hearing from Khamid is that President Ashraf Ghani, the former president of Afghanistan, did indeed flee the country. And he took with him two advisors and he went north to Tajikistan, which is a, just across the border um, uh, to the northern part uh, in one of the former Soviet republics, in this case, Tajikistan. Don't know if it's true, but that's what he's saying. And it does make sense because you wouldn't want to go south because Pakistan will hand you over to the Taliban because China to the east is going to do whatever they want to do because Iran to the west is certainly not going to be your friend because you were allied with the Americans and the only safe haven you might find in the region is to your north. So the idea that Ghani went north of Tajikistan, maybe so. And then what we also heard, though, is what it's like just on the street right now. He said there is basically pandemonium, that the, the people don't know what to expect next, that the reality is that the Taliban are very likely to begin the purges again. He and I reminisced together about the things that used to happen and the fact that the Taliban used to use soccer stadiums for beheadings and the idea that, that children... Uh, especially female children, were not allowed to be educated. And what we're seeing right now is, is that literally he said that foreign fighters are also flooding into the country. Keep in mind that foreign fighters were the bulk of al-Qaeda. The, the Afghans used to call them um, the, what do they call them, the strangers? I believe it was the strangers or the foreigners. They called them the foreigners. And the foreigners were basically the al-Qaeda troops that were there. We called them al-Qaeda. They called themselves al-Qaeda. The Afghan people just called them the foreigners. And right now, he said, foreign fighters are flooding into the country. He said they're seeing Chechens, Chinese, Pakistanis, uh, Iranians, and they're all coming in to help fight with the Taliban. This is Hamid telling me the perspective of what's happening on the streets in Afghanistan. First-hand story, he said, was his family still owns property, and I won't say where. His family still owns property in a certain province in the northern parts of Afghanistan, and that one of his cousins who lives in that area told him on the phone the other day, there's a building across the street from your parents' place, and it is filled up right now with Pakistani fighters, none of whom speak the local languages, and most of them are speaking English. And Hamid found that extremely interesting. And what it means is large contingents then, not just onesies and twosies, but large contingents of foreign fighters are coming into the country. Folks, that's the, that's the outright instability that was in place when we first had to invade. That's what built al-Qaeda. The Taliban and the foreign fighters are what instigated the ability to have safe haven to export terrorism. 
and we've just given it back to them after 20 years. All right, we're going to head to a short break right now and come back and wrap this up. I'll leave the phone line open. Nobody called in on that segment, but I'll take your call if you want to. 866-494-9866. How do you feel about what's happening in Afghanistan? How do you feel about what's happening in the White House? How do you feel about the fact that earlier in the show, I called for Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and General Mark Milley to go ahead and tender their resignation? How do you feel about all of this? 866-494-9866. I'll take your call. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk powerhouse for the northern part of the state. And this is the biggest show in the afternoons across the northern part of Alabama. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. Got a caller on the line. If you want to call in, we got a few minutes left in the show, 866-494-9866. How do you feel about Afghanistan and our leadership? And right now on line three, we got Brian from Harvest. Brian, how you doing, brother? Thank you for calling into Right Side Radio. Oh, I'm fine. Great show, Phil. Hey, thank you. Uh, well, you asked for comments about leadership and the situation in, in Afghanistan, so I have a comment about leadership and more of a question about the situation. Sure. But, you know, as far as leadership, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a rule in business or, uh, you know, in, in, especially in government. I mean, nobody wants to hear your excuses, right? So when right. I hear the president of the United States making excuses, it, it really shoots my confidence in his leadership ability. Well, and, and, I, and I completely agree, and uh, and I'm, I'm watching in terms of leadership. You know, leadership is is often, especially in crisis, uh, best seen from the front as opposed from the rear. And uh, and I'm 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 really I'm really put off by the fact that President Biden apparently just swooped in, did his 20 minute press briefing and then got back on Marine One to go back to his vacation at Camp David while he's sending 7,000 troops into harm's way to the chaos he created. So, yeah, leadership is not from the front in this situation. But uh, what was your question, Brian? You said you had a question, too? Well, you know, I mean, I, it's, I, it, so this guy, he's the president. You know, I don't want to be negative. I want our country to succeed. I want our president to succeed. You know, I pray for the president. And so, you know, I, it's, of course it's fun to beat up on Biden. But, you know, I, I don't want his failure, but this situation with Afghanistan has, has turned me in some way. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I, I just want the guy gone. I mean, I'm re- it's really upsetting what's happened in this latest situation. I, I mean, I, so the question is, I mean, I think his presidency is basically over as far as credibility. I just wonder what you think. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. And, you know, it's, 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 it's very often, you know, you'll, you'll find in a position of leadership like this, especially in politics, they do that whole wag the dog thing where they try to cover one thing up by creating something else somewhere that they can then handle. The problem we've got right now is we've got such a debacle on the southern border. We've got our economy uh, with inflation shooting up. We've got the pandemic that they can't seem to get a hold of, and now they're talking about booster shots. We've got uh, gas prices going up because he's ruined our, um, our energy independence. 
all said and done, I'm not sure what he would do to wag the dog, you know, Brian. And um, uh, so I, I'm with you. I want, I want our nation to succeed. I do pray for our president. I'm furious with him right now. Today's a day when I'm, I, don't, I don't have it in me right now to give him any, any props on anything. Um, but listen, hey, Brian, thanks for the call, by the way. Uh, appreciate you being uh, on the show. Uh, just need more folks like you, right-side ruffians out there who are listening to the show and willing to say not on my watch. Well, folks, it has been a full day. Um, I don't know. No, I don't think it has. Copper, this is the first time we've ever spent the entire show on one topic, I guess, isn't it? I guess so. It's it's worth talking about. And and, and, and Copper, by the way, I've been so f- full of commentary myself, I haven't even asked your perspective. <laughs> you got any comments as we get down to the end of the time? Well, I had a question, actually. Yeah, I mean, got? throughout the show, it seemed like you, who are a veteran, are really against this for a lot of reasons. And I guess I wondered at how most veterans think about this, especially with the narrative of Biden and his administration saying that it's not worth it. We want to get our people out. And I can understand that. Of course, it's dragged on a while. And obviously, I care about American lives. But I guess overall, do you think veterans are of the perspective that that, that's not what I'm thinking? I would stay there. It's worth it. Is that I, I think that uh, right now, I, I, I even heard, gosh, I, I, how many times have I bragged on General Keene? But I think it was General Keene who said earlier today that he believes that if you asked right now for service members who had already served in Afghanistan, would they go back to help get their interpreters and their friends out if they could? They would have people volunteering left and right. Hmm. I do believe the war has to end. But I also do believe that there's nobody who wants to see what they fought for end like this and there was a way to exit with honor and they did not do it so that answers your question yeah thanks well all right copper hey great show thanks for being patient with me as i just dominated the microphone today but um but listen folks uh right side radio solid conservative and just plain right tomorrow we will uh, we will move out to other topics i've got some brand new information for you about that no place for hate curriculum that's good in the hustle city schools We'll talk about what's happening with the fact that these shrinking cities in Alabama are the ones being run by Democrats for the most part. And other news of the day, plus probably a little more about Afghanistan. We'll see you tomorrow. You guys have a great night. Right Side Radio, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM. Be right there tomorrow.